in New York City or whatever, because like after like the SHSAT and you're about to go into high school and you're still young to the point where like you don't really have a consequence, you just go crazy. When like in high school, yeah. there's more of a consequence because obviously you're older and this, this, that. So obviously and when you're 13, your balls just drop. <laughs> yeah, so you're trying to get it in. You're like, yo, how can I, how can I impress this girl? You know. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the first episode of the fourth season of the Unforgettable Podcast. It's been a month and a half, and now we're finally back. Almost two months for you guys. For me, we're recording now, but we're finally here. And to start it off, we got your host, Slojim. We got your co-host, the man himself, Gabriel. We got Ben. It's his third or fourth time even on this podcast. And then we got the man himself, Pat Saldi. He better be the number one MC in the whole world. He can be hosting parties. Everything's going to go crazy when this man enters the building. So That's right. How are you guys today? How how's your day been? I know Ben's already sucking on the lollipop, you know. Yeah, bro. I always love sucking on things. Um, I'm actually I'm on my way tomorrow. I'm flying out flying out to the West Coast for training. I was mm-hmm. telling you guys before the podcast started, I'll rehash it uh, yeah. for a master ceremonies training. Uh, that's mm-hmm. called the Marbeca Workshop, the Marbeca Method. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they teach you how to personalize events to its ultimate capacity, because no event is unique. No human, no family is the same, right? Uh, uh, no event, sorry, no event is the same, not no event is unique. Every event is unique because every individual is unique and you need to personalize it and, and, and format it to their needs and expectations. So I'm going to this workshop to be better at presenting, to be better at introductions, to be better at even on the dance floor, what to say, when to say it, things like that. Things just, I want to polish myself because I'm looking to do this full time and I love it. And I'm going to be honest, it's people like you. You guys, you know, Ben, Gabe, Sean, making connections afterwards. I'm, I'm a people person first, right? Uh, being able to yeah. make connections with people at an event, laugh, talk, dance. Who doesn't love to do that? So I found my calling and it's because of the people I work with or the people I work for, I should say. Mm-hmm. I got you. You got you to gotta learn how to like marry people too. Like, you know, you, you got to be that guy that says you're going to be you're going to be the one announcing at the wedding and you're going to be the one standing there next to me. I announce Sean and Ben, the husband and wife. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's right. You may now kiss your groom. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Sean, you I, I was just going to ask, how did you hear about this workshop? You know, did you just like see it on an ad or was it like someone told you like, yo, you should go here. Like, I know, I know you like this stuff. You know, I love that question because people, People don't know what an MC is, don't know what a master ceremony is. Like people sometimes will be like, what is an MC? I'm like master ceremonies. They're like, that makes total sense. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. I just thought the MC was the guy that says, put your hands up, clap your hands, which is part of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they do the radio voice like, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, like, you know, they do that whole thing, Um, which is not what you're supposed to do anyway. But how did I hear about this workshop? So I was working for a company. My former company was a stat in Staten Island. And I was just doing this part time. I was in college and I would, you know, go, go work events on the weekends and then come back and <laughs> party with my friends afterwards, meet them around 12 o'clock, one o'clock, still had time to, you know, live my college life, college experience still. And after a while, emceeing started to become dry to me. Uh, I felt like I was just saying the same things over and over. There was no substance to what I was doing. I didn't know my why. And I was struggling with that for a while. I hit a roadblock. And suddenly I decided to call one of my partners, who's now my partner's name is John Devine. I said, hey, listen, he's an amazing DJ, but also an amazing MC who has done these workshops before. I called him up and I said, John, listen, I got to talk to you. I've done events with him. So he had some type of relationship, but not, we were kind of more acquaintances. John, um, listen, I'm kind of struggling with my MC and I need some help, like some mentoring. And I just don't feel like I can get it where I'm at previously. Um, could you help me out? And we kind of like hit it off and I wanted to really work with them uh, because I saw the caliber at which they performed, which is unlike any other company I've seen before. We're a live events right here, a live events on Instagram, follow us. 
And uh, nothing against my former company, by the way. I want to make that clear. Those guys raised me, curated me, and, and nurtured me to become who I am today. And they gave me the opportunity. And I love those guys to death at my former company. But everybody just needs to make a switch. You know, some markets yeah. are, you know, and, and, and it's just business. And I love those guys to death. And I hope they know that. And they do know that. We talk from time to time. We're so good. And I'll do events with him, what, when, events with that former company from time to time. So John tells me, he says, hey, listen, come over to my house. Let's talk. And we just chatted up and I said, yeah, like, you know, I really want to work with your company. Now we get into Aldo Ryan. Uh, you guys don't know who that is, but he's uh, one of the best MCs I've ever seen. Probably the best MC in the East Coast. You think I'm good. Uh, I learn everything from him. He's taught me all everything, mostly everything I've known. He is, he's done all the trainings. He has an energy that is effervescent. It is like no other. Effervescent is one of the words he uses. And he's my mentor. And he told me, he said, if you want to be as good at, you know, as good as me, John, these top paid MCs and DJs around the world, um, you got to do these workshops, not because you don't have it in you already, but the workshops are going to bring it out of you. They're going to watch you and critique everything you say, and they're right, going yeah. to polish you up. They're going to stop you, say, hey, you're too stiff. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. So how did I learn about it? It was, it was Aldo Ryan. Aldo, he who was my mentor now, he told me all about it. The Marbeck. Aldo Ryan. I, I want to search that up. Follow him on Instagram. Yeah, follow, he's on uh follow him. He's on YouTube, especially. Look at his shows, look at how he does introductions. Uh he personalizes weddings, he personalizes all events. And that's what we do. That sets us apart from the commodity. So you ever go to an event and the introductions is kind of what I did with Benji and, and Gabe along the lines of it, not not more or less, I should say. Uh, where you go to an event. And the DJ says, all right, guys, we're going to celebrate uh, Abby's bat mitzvah. Everybody excited to celebrate with her? Woo, yeah, okay, okay, great. All right, let's welcome the mom and dad, Regina and Felix. Woo, okay, okay. All right, Gabe and Menji. Woo, okay. And then guest of honor, Abby. Happens every single party. What happens is guests become numb to that. They become numb to the idea of the same old introductions, formalities, candles, blessing of the hala all of these things. Well, it's your job as a master of ceremonies to remind them why we're doing this. Why are we doing a grand introduction? Why are we doing the candle lighting ceremony? Why are we doing the blessing of the hollow? Why are we dancing? Why are we here? Like people forget why we come here. They think, oh, I just got to be here for that. No, we're reminded. And it's your job as the master of ceremonies to remind them why you're coming to this event to celebrate with Abby and you give it your all. And it's your job to start it as an MC, as entertainers. Right. But remember this, and this is what my mentor Aldo tells me. It's not about, it starts with you, but it's not about you. That, that, is, right? that is a good quote. That is, that Wise is, words. Because yes, you are responsible for facilitating the energy, facilitating the dance floor, facilitating the formalities, the festivities. But the spotlight's not on you in the end, okay? Mm -hmm. It's Abby. It's Benji. It's Gabe. It's Regina. It's Felix. And when Sean had his bar mitzvah, it's about Sean and his twin brother. Right, twin brother? Is he twin no, no, no. brother? No. He did not want to have it. He's a year and a half older-ish. He didn't want to have it his year. And and then I was having it. My parents were like, look, he's having it. You got to have it, too. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we did spotlight, pretty much. Yeah. But so you guys get it, right? It's it's That's my job. It's finding that, finding that balance between putting the attention on me to kind of break the ice. And have those reservations from your guests kind of re be released. But also at the end of the day, just saying, all right, good. I warmed you guys up. Let's focus on, on Abby yeah. tonight. Yeah. Make this yeah. special for her because she only gets one. That, that, you only, you only she only gets two dances with her father. Two special dances with her father. Right? Uh, which is really remarkable when you think about that. So, Well, you could yeah. always have a special dance. You know, just dance. Maybe, yes. three, maybe sweet 16, but I think like bar mitzvah and the wedding is the, the that, That's thing. what I meant. And Sean, I agree with you in the sense of, hey, listen, you're at the house and a song comes on and he's like, you know, honey, dance with me. I want to dance. My, I want to dance with my daughter. Yes. But there's something about there's more emotion and sentiment when you're at a celebration with like 100 people and they're gathered around the, around the dance floor. And, I, you know, I say, listen, I like to ask Felix. Abby's proud father to escort her to the center of the dance floor. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the first man in her ever life to ever hold her, love her. And when you bring value to that and, you, and your words hold value and you kind of describe that and you set the scene, 
people really tune in to what's about to go on. Mm-hmm. And and that's what your responsibility is as an MC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, the it coolest... Is, yeah, go on, go on, go on. It's an important moment. It is a very important moment. Like, you know, father, father-daughter dance. But sadly, <laughs> me and Gabe sadly missed it. We missed it. Well, it's always on video, but like... <laughs> Well, I literally, I, t- I tap on my mom and I'm like, how and how long is the dance? So it's taking a while. We go out for like 15 minutes and then we come back. We're like, when, when's the dance? It's like, it just happened. And we're like, oh my God. Me and Gabe missed the dance. Well, all the boys, all us, we missed it. We, yeah. we were outside. We didn't realize what was going on. This is my problem though. Why didn't, you had a bar mitzvah, right? Yeah. So why didn't the MC, you had an MC? No, I'm talking about at Abby's bar, that bar mitzvah. Oh yeah, we wanted to get you on. Yeah, no, we missed it. Like we we weren't in the we, we missed the we missed the father daughter dance. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, you have it on video. Okay, I thought you meant you missed yours. Still waiting for no, the video. It's been it's been like a month to... already or two. Oh, we have a video of the father daughter dance. People are recording it, but like. I think it's all because like they're trying to make it like you know they're trying to edit it and make it like good. No, I want the uncut footage. I want to see I everything. Want the uncut footage too. Yeah. I think. And honestly, here's the thing. Here's the thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna hold myself accountable. Here's why. Yes, you guys should have been there because you know it's your. But it's the MC's job before he starts a certain festivity, ceremony, formality, any type of thing. He has to make sure the VIPs of the event, the very important people. The brothers, the mom, dad, guest of honor are there to see it. So, yes, of course, you guys should have been in that room. But I should have been looking and saying, wait, and this is, again, this is part of the, you know, learning, you you, you know, you mess up. Listen, you're just like comedians. They bomb sometimes or they, you know, like, oh, that joke didn't work out. I'm going to do I'm going to go back to the drawing board and fix that. That's on me because I what do MCs and entertainers promise? DJs promise they yes, they promise effort, but they also promise a result. And they promise that, you know what, they're going to do everything in their power and they're going to be aware of everything that's going on. And they have to hone in, especially they have to prepare for that. You only get one. And think about that now. Now you guys are talking. You're saying, oh, we, we missed it. Oh, I'm so mad. You know? So I was part- upset. I was yeah. Upset. Yes. And, 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 and that's, that's no matter what the circumstances are, it's your job to kind of say, oh, hold on for a sec, everybody. We're going to start the father-daughter dance now. We need everybody inside. So yeah, that's my job. That's my job, and I, ha- I had to I had to execute that. You know, and that's why Pat is going to uh, well tomorrow on the flight. He's going to the workshop. He's gonna learn. They're gonna point it out from. He's gonna learn everything. There you go. That's how he's gonna yeah. improve. There you go. Yes, no, exactly, exactly, exactly. The coolest part about watching you is like I guess maybe part kind of being an entertainer myself with the podcast is just seeing like the different like. I don't know if you're taught these or like you just took them off one, but like the little like psychological like things like to like get people hyped up. Like I noticed there were like little psychological tricks using to get people's attention, get them hyped up. And I was like in my head, I'm like, I, I do that too. I do that too sometimes, you know, and I do different things. So like that, that was the coolest part about watching you, you know. There's a lot of things that I'm doing that nobody even knew that. I'm actually aware that I'm doing it, meaning, meaning there are a lot of tips and tricks that I'm, I'm taking from my mentor, from anyone who's teaching me that I'm instituting without people being aware of it. You know, instead of, instead of having everybody sit down and watch the father-daughter dance or ever have everybody sit down during introductions before we call it Abby, get them up, start, you know, get the energy, just the idea, just the simple command or request invitations for everybody to rise from their seats, stand up already gives that introduction much more power it holds much more weight they're more yeah. focused they don't have to be looking at each other right they have mm-hmm. to focus solely on the dance floor because they're forced to yeah. and then they're like okay i get what this party is about this is not mm-hmm. just every party right this is not just every party i go to this guy's not just running to, through the motions he's pat's party there's detail what you say it's pat's party pat's party but more importantly it's benji's party yes sir <laughs> Yeah. Oh, for the rest of my life, if I if I'm Yo. still living in Brooklyn in this area, you already know. Yo, when ben, when Benji when Benji turns 21, we gotta have Pat come in and host. We all gotta no, go crazy. Pat, <laughs> I guarantee that if I, if in this many years you're still gonna be an MC, my my children's bat mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs, 
you being called up right oh, away. That's right. That's right. That's right. You call live events. We are going to handle it. There's so much we do uh, and so much exciting stuff we do that sets us apart from every other DJ company, which, which I love. That's why I, I literally made the switch. I took a leap of faith and I said, I'm joining you guys. I'm joining you guys. Yeah, so you got to take a step up. You know, sometimes you got to take the leap of faith, you know, see if it's really mm-hmm. going to pay off. Yeah. Well, may, may I ask a question? Like, yeah. uh, even before you uh, joined this uh, new, like, group of people, what did you just, like, start doing, like, like, your first ever party? Did you do it because, like, you had an interest in it or you were like, oh, I just need a quick way to make money. Let me try it out. All right, let me tell you the story. So... <laughs> I, that question, when people go, how'd you get into this? Because not many people say, I want to be an MC. <laughs> you know, you don't get many second graders on career day saying, all right, I'm going to be a master of ceremonies. In fact, at a comedy show that I, I went to recently last weekend, I got made fun of, and, and I can laugh at myself. I can laugh at, you know, stereotypes and generalization because, you know, it's just, it's all in good fun. Uh, the guy said, what, that's what you want to do for the rest of the time? Just run parties, just party all day, party all night. I'm like, yeah, when you look at it like that, that's what it seems to be, right? So how did I get into this? Well, in freshman year of high school, I was very introverted. I went to LaGuardia High School. Do you guys know that school? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I went to LaGuardia High School for drama. I never said a word, believe it or not. You know, you know me now, you're getting to know me now, and you're like, this guy doesn't stop talking. How was he silent, mute in freshman year? Well, I, I, was, I was locked. I, I had a lot of reservations. I was afraid to speak up, afraid to let loose afraid to do all of these things just to be myself and sophomore year junior year comes around and I watched these guys and they talked about failure freshman sophomore year I was so afraid to fail make a mistake have people judge you or or just kind of go you know uh just kind of laugh at you or look at you weird if you said something that's truly unique to you and finally I watched these guys and they would go to just these random people off the street and just start talking to them and some of these conversations I have with them are awkward. And I'm cringing as I'm watching these videos. They're like social experiment type of guys. And then, I, and then, I, then they say at the end, they say, right, you watch those videos, right? Well, yes, it was awkward. But the important thing about it is we weren't afraid during that awkwardness. We didn't, weren't afraid to kind of be ourselves, meet strangers, whether it's a girl or a guy, and just take a chance, right? Take a chance to make a connection with somebody, whether that's for dating whether that's for a friend, we made fools out of ourselves. But guess what? People, even if we made fools out of ourselves, people really appreciated and respected that we, didn't, we, we weren't scared of it. We weren't fearful of it. And that lesson yeah. stuck, stuck with me for a while. So my first Sweet 16 that I ever attended actually wasn't sophomore year. I never got invited. Uh, <laughs> never got invited to a Sweet 16. Why? I was quiet. I didn't make any friends. And, um, and, and, and it kind of saddened me because I was kind of out of the loop. And you when you're in high school, all peer approval is all you really demand or really all you want, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I come to high school, so I finally get invited to my first Sweet 16 in junior year. And I'm at LaGuardia Sweet 16. We're dancing. We're dancing. I'm with my friend. This is the first party I'm at. So I'm kind of just two steps, very awkward. And all of a sudden, some girl takes your phone out. I remember it vividly. Some girl takes your phone out. She's recording on Snapchat or something. Her flash goes on me. And I had a choice in that very moment. And I think that defined the trajectory of my life for, for forever, honestly, permanently, indelibly, is I, the camera's on me. I had a choice. I could have either just kind of smiled and the camera moved off. But instead, I went off. Nobody has ever seen, I've never even seen myself do this before. I was doing the sprinkler. I was making funny faces and people were shocked. They're like, we never knew Pat like that before. I let loose. I took what those guys taught me on that YouTube thing. You know, when you're in high school, you'd search like 13 signs a girl likes you or (laughs) all these things, how to make friends or how to get a girlfriend. These guys were teaching me. It's corny, but these guys were teaching me like, don't take yourself so seriously. Just laugh, be funny, Uh, make yourself, you know, make yourself a joke. And, um, and they recorded me. And at, from that moment on, I found an identity. I found that entertainment, that spark in me. I've always had an acting background. Uh, I just had to use it in another setting, in a real life setting, just being with people, talking to you guys, the gift of gap, improvising, all that stuff I learned in acting, actually, I now put into my career, right? Improvising, kind of reacting 
to the spot, right? Listening all the time. And so I said, all right, I really want to do this. So I wanted to actually become a dancer for Sweet Sixteens. So that was my thing then. I was around 16, you, 17. I'm like, all right, you, I want to dance for Sweet Sixteens. How do you yes. become a dancer for Sweet Sixteens? Yeah. Oh, so God. then I come back to Staten Island. And uh, now I'm like, okay, I know what I can do. I can't wait for, I transferred out of LaGuardia uh, because I just couldn't commit to it. It wasn't my thing. I went to St. Joseph by the Sea High School in Staten Island, my junior year. All right. And uh, I start going to this, I go to this Mardi Gras party uh, for, for, for my, my Catholic high school. Okay. It's a Mardi Gras party for the seniors. I was a senior or junior or stuff like that. And I kind of went. And dance, the dancing starts, this company called Partners of Sound, dancing starts, and I'm the first one to jump up there. And I'm nervous as hell because I look like a freak. I'm doing these crazy moves. People are looking at me like this, judging me. All of a sudden, some other kid, his name is Rob Harris, I remember to this day, joins me. He's a football guy. And he's funny. He's a good personality. Then another person comes. And then another person. And another person. And all of a sudden here, all of a sudden now we have every single C, C, C senior, C senior, C student on the dance floor. And I had to almost take that. Like I had to sacrifice my, uh, what's the word? Sacrifice my dignity or ego or something. Dignity. Like uh, no, like the, the, I had to sacrifice not getting laughed at, not being judged in order to allow everybody to kind of, kind of their inhibition to lose their inhibitions and come on the dance floor. Right. And uh, at the end of the night, the, the company came up to me and said, Hey, we want you to dance. We want to work interested in you dancing as like a, you know, sweet 16 dancer. You got a great personality. You got to work on your moves a little bit, but we can work on that. I said, great. So I show up for an interview the week after, and I'll never forget it. The guys bring me to their shed and they go, I met the, the, the lead dancer for partners of sound. His name is Eric. And uh, it was just me and three other guys. And Eric goes, all right, so this is your interview. We're your partners of sound. I run the dance choreography. I run the dance crew, the party motivator crew. Uh, we're going to see how you guys do dancing-wise. I'm like, what? He says, yeah, yeah I'm going to start playing music now, and you guys are going to dance in front of me. And I go, okay, all right. So the first guy goes, oh, well, oh, no, no. Actually, he says, he plays the music. And he said, all right, someone go. And I'm always, I feel like a pioneer sometimes. Like I'm always the, always the first to do things. I'm always the first to raise my hand in class. Always the first to speak up my opinion because nobody else is going to do it, right? When you're in class, you remember that, you know that awkward feeling when you're in class when a teacher asks a question, nobody answers. Oh, yeah. I'm that guy that's like, all right, the silence is too much for me. I get kind of nervous with that. I don't want dead air. It's like radio and podcasting. You'd never want dead air, right? So I raised my hand and I said, and I, I, so I, in that audition, I was the first to go. I did the chicken dance. I did the sprinkler. I did pushups. I did the, I did the spaghetti move like this. Like I just did this crazy stuff and it wasn't, it wasn't the right, it wasn't the right type of dancing in that setting. This guy wanted to see if I could break dance. He wanted to see the two step. He wanted to see some B-boy steps. And I did not provide that. And at the end he says, all right, we'll call you back. We'll call you later. We'll see. Never got a call from them. A week after I go to my best friend, Sweet 16 and, and her DJ, the DJ sees me. And instead of having me go for an interview, the DJ says, Hey, I want you to come to their name with the co team. The company was called sound explosion. I want you to come to an event in September and I want you to just dance. And that event that I did in September was my first, was my debut into this type of industry. I was a party motivator. I was 16, 17. These girls were my age. I had the time of my life. I had all these girls, <laughs> all these girls with me. I was dancing. I was just living in the moment. I was basking in it. It was one of the most memorable moments of my life. And uh, because I was finally able to get, I was finally able to attend the Sweet 16 in a sense. You know, I never got invited to them. So I was so, I was so hungry for this, that peer approval, uh, as all entertainers are, they're, they're going to, some will to deny it. And they'll say, no, I just do it for the art. Yes. You love the art of it. You love the art of comedy, singing, acting, dancing, but you want to do it in front of people. You, you, that's how you, that's what you feed off of that attention. I feed off attention and I have to be honest with myself. Uh, too many times in life we're told that, oh, you know, put your head down or be seen, don't be heard. Uh, but we have to realize that, no, like what's wrong with being seen? What's wrong with being heard? What's wrong with having attention on you if you're using it for good? And from that moment on, my career took off. I turned 20 years old 
And um, I turned 20 years old and my, my boss, I told my boss, I said, listen, I can't keep dancing at these speed 16s. I'm 20 years old. I'm growing a beard. Like I gotta, I gotta diversify. I have to adjust. I have to adapt. So he said, all right, how about becoming an MC? So uh, my first MCing job was at 20 years old at uh, the Vanderbilt for a sweet 16. And it wasn't great. I didn't do a great job, but it was my debut. I was nervous. And that's how, that's how I got into the position I am now. That's a whole documentary. You gave us your whole, whole life story. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't even have to ask why anymore. You you're already gave me your whole thing. That's just mm-hmm. crazy, you know. Because like I, I know like I I used to go like have like whatever social anxiety. I watched the same type of videos you were watching. The same exact thing. Um, did I use anything from them? No. I, I, I kind of realized that it's, it's really, it's all up to you. Right, like I, I don't know. I just stopped caring what people think for the most part, and I just you know went out there and did you know what I did, right? And also, part of the reason I started this podcast one was because my mom told me I talk too much and that I should start a podcast. Uh, a second was because you know it gave me like a way to express myself. I could talk when like nobody in a sense wanted to hear me. Like I can have random conversations and stuff. I, I think I would never imagine myself talking to an MC. You know, in like in a, in a podcast and publishing into the world, I would never imagine that. But like you know, now here I am doing it. You know, so it's yeah. like you know, it's it's helped me a lot. You know, express myself, which is which is great. And yeah, I think, you yeah, go on, go on. No, 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 no. You got. I was going. gonna say, and I think as an MC, you really get to like like how you put your personality in like all their heads. We all have like an image of you. You know, of this really fun guy. You got to do that with like every party or event you host and everything. And it's like, you know, they, everyone has this thing, good, you know, good image of you. However, and this is where I, what I have to get better at. And, um, you know, I have to acknowledge my weaknesses. One of my weaknesses is that I'm too stiff. One of my weaknesses is that actually I, um, uh, uh, I have to actually be more of myself with a microphone. Anyone can say, ladies and gentlemen, they are going to do blah, 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 blah. But how is Pat going to say it, right? Be yourself. Don't be... Pat Soldy, be Pat, be Pat Soldy, be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you don't have to scream all the time. You don't have to be loud all the time as an MC. That's not going to necessarily uh, harvest or cultivate energy in a room. Sometimes the most powerful moments are when you quiet your voice down. When a sentimental moment is about to happen on the dance floor, we want you guys to please acknowledge us right now because Abby and Felix, Abby's proud father is going to share in a very special moment. One moment that she really never will get to be able to do unless she gets married, uh, they're going to share this special moment right now as a father-daughter. So one big round of applause for them right now, ladies and gentlemen. And when you do that, it kind of quiets people down. They get to kind of zone in, hone in, and be like, wow, yeah, this really is a sentimental moment. So using your voice, being yourself, um, it's like any artist, you as a podcaster, you guys as podcasters, right? It's You get nervous in the beginning. You don't know your voice. You got to try to find what works, what doesn't work. It's a constant art. It's a constant artistry, a craft that you're always working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when I first heard my voice. It was the same thing with Gabe. When, he, when everyone first hears their voice on a podcast, they're like, that's how I sound like, you know, mm-hmm. every single time. It was it hard for me to rewatch episodes. Yeah. yeah. I, I still don't rewatch my episodes. <laughs> but no, that's the best way you learn, though. You have to watch your own film. I don't I, I don't. I don't really watch my phone. I, I see how it is in the moment. Because I know, I know there are episodes where, like, in the episode, in my head, I'm already thinking, this is not a good episode, you know? Or, like, in my head, I'm thinking, like, you know, we're having good conversation. I know exactly what parts to include, some parts you know, to keep out, you know? It's like it's already there in my head. Watching it, I, I don't know. It's also kind of hard for me because I already know all. I, I know everything that's going to happen. So, it's like, it's like I expect everything. Since I'm the one that I edited it, put it all in there, you know? The only thing I have to disagree with, like, all right, just like football players or basketball players like Kobe Bryant, like they watch film so they can predict when this situation happens again. If I'm ever encountered in this type of situation in basketball, I know how to read the defense and capitalize on this defensive player's mistake when I didn't do it. But thanks to that film, I am now able to see and visualize that and remind myself in my memory that, okay. I know how to finish this off. Or I know how to complete this. So that's why I record myself every time I MC and do my intro. So I can watch and go, oh, I didn't say that right. Next time I got to do this again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. You know, you, you learn, you get better. 
I really admired how you said that, like, you weren't afraid to be yourself in front of, like, when you were talking about when you started, like, right before you said that your first week 16, like, uh, I really admired how you said you were not afraid to be yourself, you're not afraid to be embarrassed, you're not afraid of being a fool of yourself, because that's what you like to do, you wanted to be yourself, and people didn't like it, that's fine, you didn't get hurt by it. I see that myself. I see that in myself a lot because I also love being a fool. And you know, maybe like sometimes I do have a filter. Like I know when to do it and how to do it. Before I didn't know. Before, if I wanted to do something stupid, I always did it, even in the worst scenarios, and it would get me into trouble. But like now, you know, I've grown. I'm a little bit smarter, and I don't do it as often. But I still like to do it. Now I know when to do it. I just love it. And like once again, if people don't like it, then whatever. It's your own fault. Leave. But if they do like it, then you know. They got to know me. That's how like some girls say. Like a lot of people are like, you know, I'm known to like, you know, get some girls, and people are like, oh Ben, like how do you do it? You're like fat, like you know, whatever the stereotype. Like oh, you have to be like, you have to have a good body. But I'm like, I'm just like, I'm just being myself. I'm just being that funny guy, and just the girls like that. They yeah. Like that. And they just like that I'm very confident in myself, and then that that's how they get the girls. And that, that, that's what I told Sean: just be confident in yourself, and you know, and you'll get what you want. Confidence is more confidence is more attractive than attractiveness, physical attractiveness, yes. in my opinion. Uh, even on a girl, I mean, yes, of course, we all want someone first uh, at first glance, somebody that's attractive. Yeah, that's, how, that's how I feel. Yeah. Like you know, attractiveness is like, I would say the first barrier. It's like the first test. You look at someone, if you find them physically yeah. attractive, that that's when everything starts. You know, that's just however, human nature. That's just human nature. Like you know, however, you just want attractive. however, I've met girls. Uh-huh. I've met girls that I've before I start speaking to them not that into them like all right she's cute and then they start talking they start making me laugh or their posture or their humor and all of a sudden i'm like i'm in freaking love with this girl now <laughs> like damn girl like you are you are sweeping me off my feet because now you're coming across, you're making me laugh you're challenging me you're mentally stimulating me now uh that's the most attractive thing about uh, a partner about a girl uh is, is is are they able to honestly challenge me, challenge my opinions, make me laugh? If they can do that, I'm all in because I'll be bored as hell if I'm the only one entertaining in this relationship. Yeah. I have to be honest. I have to be honest. Yeah. Not not everyone's like that. Some people no, want to no, have yeah. that control. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I'm more of like, you know, I like someone else's opinion that we could like, but not like a closed-minded opinion. Someone who's like ready to like kind of like argue and talk about it. And it's like willing yes. to think about it. You know, that, 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 that's what I love, you know. Because it's, it's always like someone watching another perspective that you might not have thought of. And they're not just like closed-mindedly about it. Like they're going to talk about it and tell you and everything, you know, and, and it's really cool. I you call know? it disagreement in good fun, right? Like we could go at each other. Me and Ben could just even like, even like whether it's, whether it's philosophically, politically, psychologically, uh, historically, and we have something to disagree about. Dude, we better... Best, you best fucking believe. I'm sorry, do you guys curse on there? No, no, yeah, yeah. all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have not. All right, all right. It's it's like out. Every second, almost every you second. Best, you best freaking believe that after that we're grabbing a coffee, or after that we're you know we're balling out afterwards, because that's how it's got to be. Uh, in my opinion, that's how I roll. Uh, it's always like that. I just had a discussion with my coworker, a coworker, mind you, which you know that I always talk about. Maybe don't leave sensitive topics out of there, especially when you're at work. But we're friendly friends first. Mm-hmm. And after that, we're like, all right, agree, disagree. I'm going to go back to work. I'll see you soon. And like nothing wrong with that. Like that's just, that's how we got to roll. Um, and that's how I roll. That's the only way I do. Oh, yeah. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, you get into an argument and then like five minutes later, you guys go do something. You pretend it never happened. You know, just. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? That actually strengthens your relationship. Oh, yeah. As yeah. a matter of fact. Uh, because what happens is if you compromise your values for the friendship or the relationship or anything like that, you feel worse off about yourself and therefore you can't give to that relationship. Like, you understand? Like it's a weird thing. It's a crazy, it's a domino effect. If I compromise my own values and my uniqueness and my personalities, my opinions, just to keep friends, be friends with you, I feel so much worse off about myself subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Of course, not every, some, some people aren't aware that they're conforming too much. And then you end up having nothing to give to that person. You feel lifeless, and that relationship is just frivolous. Us. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I don't even feel like that's a friendship anymore. Like to me, like a friendship yeah. is like something where you guys can 
bought heads or exchange opinions and the end of the day be like yo we're still cool we're still gonna go do this do that it's like you shouldn't prevent yourself from saying saying something just so you stay friends with that person because at that point it's kind of like a friendship could be should be both people are at the same value not one person's higher than another where this right. one person over here is trying to change their opinion just to be up here with them you know yeah. I've, I've had like friendships like that you know and i've had to cut them off not because i don't like the person but it's kind of like you, I, I don't need someone who's going to follow me. I need someone who will, I guess, have a different view, but will not have, like, a toxic different view where they'll constantly go off on me for no reason, you know? Yeah. So no, I, like, agree. Yeah. I, I agree with you 110%. Like, I see, like, a lot of that, and, like, I think in, like, high school relationships, whatever, you want to... There's, like, that cool group, you know, you want to fit in, you know, you start dressing yes. up nicer, you start, like, you know, whatever, doing the things, like, whatever... I don't know, smoking nicotine, something like that. Because, you know, the cool kids do that, and you start doing it a fit, and then you realize a lot of kids don't realize in themselves that, like, oh, they don't like being like this. Like, oh, you know, I should be like myself. Or some kids maybe realize, like, oh, you know, I like being a cool kid. And that's, like, a lot of things with the friend groups. And, like, uh, you know, it's funny, because the way actually me, uh, Gabe, and then Sean and Max met up, was uh we were at a party and like we were like it was about mi- it was a bad mitzvah it was another it one was a it was about mitzvah it was like maybe like eight years ago i don't remember it was like a I while think it was eight back. years ago yeah wait how, wait how, how old is rachel now no 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 it was uh seven was, or eight how old is rachel six now six years ago six Ra- years no no, no seven, rachel seven. was 12 she's 19 so now? she's 19 she's okay. my age seven years seven years ago it was max and sean sitting across the table in max and t-shirts and then me and gabe and you know we were like we were like we kind of started like making fun of them i was like oh you like they looked like nerds right they were like wearing glasses or whatever and we we're like you look at you nerds like twinning and stuff like that we pull up the cool. picture change the background pull up the pictures so, so they know I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a picture from when we were that young, but that was the first day ever. And like, then they started bawling at us, like, whatever, like, you guys, you guys are fat, like, you know, don't talk to us. And then we started arguing, and we had an argument about, they, it was like a misunderstanding. There's like this thing where they say they use coke to clean deer blood. They right? do, but they do. When... But I remember that thing, conversation. While I was drinking coke, they were like, I was, we were like, why don't you drink coke? It was like, because our mom said, that there's deer blood in coke. No, yeah, don't tell <laughs> That's what you said. No, you said to clean deer blood, bro. No, you said that there's deer blood in coke, a hundred percent. I remember that literally. <laughs> Whatever. We just started like you know butting heads and everything, and we started kind of like laughing at each other's jokes at each other. We started talking, talking, and then we just started messing around. And like you know, after that, we started hanging out. We even created this thing called the Apple Pact. It would just be menaces to society. So the it was like boys versus girls. Like you know, we were like the girls didn't like us. We were like, oh, we don't listen to the girls. Like Gabe, we would have Gabe as a secret weapon. Like he would pick his shirt off to scare away the girls. And like you know, we came, we went to a few more parties, and you know, we started to get to know each other, and we created the apple pack. And you know, this is where we are today, like best boys. Mm-hmm. It's like funny, like oh, we started like not getting along, butting heads, and then that showed to each other that. Like, we like each other, even though, like, we seem different. We really liked each other, and now we're, like, best friends mm-hmm. for those past seven years. And it's crazy. We, we only lived, like, we only lived, like, three blocks away from each other. Three, four yeah. blocks. We're, like, like two, three-minute walk, four maybe max, away from each other. We lived so close, we didn't even realize. And now, like, we, we see each close. other, like, like Holy weekly, time. sometimes, you know, multiple days in a row. It's crazy. You know, Ew, I didn't know that. I didn't that's, know that. That's crazy. That's fun. Yeah, I don't. I know that. I hear so many stories about how'd you guys meet? How are like? How'd you guys performance? Well, I didn't like him in the beginning. I always hear that. That's yeah, so funny. Like did. almost we like. Really but it's did. not like I don't know. We didn't. It's not like we really. It's not like we hated or didn't like each other. We were like, we were strangers to each other. We were making fun of each other for like you know. Yeah. Me, me and Gabe were kind of being the assholes. Like me and Gabe tried to like. We we really like to be menaces. We, like, we just saw these two kids, like, whatever, twinning, like, I'm you know, wearing glasses, looking like nerds. So we just took advantage of it and we're like, oh, let's make fun of them. I'm surprised so Gabe was, I'm surprised Gabe was even, like, on that, too, because Gabe, you seem quieter. You seem much, like, more no, innocent, Gabe. much more innocent oh. than your brother. Ben. Oh, no, back in the day, they were the same person. They were the <laughs> same exact person. Uh, 
Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. All right, because Gabe now gives me a different vibe. He doesn't give me that menace to society. Yeah, yeah. I used to well, be a menace to society now. too. Ben and I used to do some wild stuff. Oh no, like... that's that's one of the saddest things. Like me and me and me and Sean used to be partners in crime. <laughs> so no, we've grown up now. We, we, right now, he goes up. I, I occasionally, but very, very, barely. I occasionally invest. Uh, you know, invest in in crime. Yeah, he's the one that always. He's also like the one in the friend group that mostly riles me down. Like when he oh, yeah. he noted, like a lot of people are like they just uh, they do it. Like our whole friend group right now is actually thanks So like at least. We have our own separate friend groups, like me and Gabe. But the mm. friend group we have now with, like, I think it's, like, 10 kids, 10 to, like, 15 kids, it's all through Max and Sean, actually. Because, like, we're a friend. The whole friend group is Max and Sean's cousins, like, Max and Sean's best friends since childhood, and then other friends. Now we, like, he, they brought us into the friend group, and now we're all best friends. Yeah. But, like, out of that friend group, and I would always do stupid things. It would be me and Sean, right? Mm-hmm. And people would laugh at us. We would just mess around. But eventually, Sean started going up, and I still... You know, I just still stayed as that menace. And then while everyone would be laughing, Sean would be the only one that, like, would be riling me down. He was like, stop it. He was like, this is not the time. Like, you know, you can't say this. You can't do this. More and I, like, I listened to him, but it's, it's, it's kind of sad. It's like, I want, I want my boy back, partners in crime, bro. But, like, it's fine. I understand. You grew up. I grew up, too. That's why I say now I have more of a filter. Like, yeah. I, I always love messing around. Honestly, so, though, yeah. honestly, though, like, all right. It, it remind, Gabe, Gabe, you were going to say something. Oh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that, like, it's kind of, sometimes it saddens me, though. Like, I know in high school, I used to have less of a filter. I used to, like, give a shit less. And I used to be even more entertaining, more more crazy, like, wild, uh, uh, courageous. And as you get older, there are more instances in your life where people tell you, stop, stop talking, or, or yeah. you know, don't do that. And it quiets you down. And that's part of, yes, growing up and being an adult. But it also inhibits your creativity, and um, and 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 that kind of saddens me because I knew I used, I used to do things in high school that I will never do now because of the stature that I'm at, the adulthood that I'm at. You know, every all my friends are not doing that, so I can't. Um, but I think there's something to learn and take away from you know being a kid and the benefit of being a kid and young and wild and free. I mean, they say that for a reason because there is no much of a filter, and you in in a sense. There are better memories, I guess. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Feel free to disagree, but in sense of more exhilarating memories, um, Matt, that's better than more than better memories. More exhilarating memories. There are things I did in my life that I'm like, holy god, that's a story. And uh, I guess I'm, I'm I'm a little bit I, with with age or with adulthood, you kind of slow down a little bit. No, I, I feel like, yeah. Go on, go on. You go. I wanted to say, like, about, like, the exhilarating memories, like, wow, I did that. I, I already said this story about on um, the podcast before, so I won't say now the Apple story, as you guys all know. I'll tell you that after, Pat, after we already stopped recording. Like, now that I look at it, I'll, I'm like, I think to myself, I'm like, that's that was pretty stupid what I just did. Yeah. Like, I will never do that. But, like, I'll tell you the story after. It was like, I did yeah. something. There's, really there's some stuff that I did I'm like, I should not have done. Yeah. I, I, th- I threw. We were at a party. We were like kids. I think it was like twelve. I threw a pizza oh, out the window at some dude, and this dude came into the party place, and he told my mom that I tried to throw a pizza off him at the second floor. No, the second the floor. Abigail's party too, bro. Yeah, it's an party too. We we're like, so I remember like I think Gabriel was like, "Yo, I dare you to throw the pizza outside." I'm like, "I bet." I took the pizza and I like threw it outside. And I did it land on him or right next to him. No, it landed on him, and it was the guy that had uh, BPD too, bro. Who so <laughs> <laughs> was BPD? Bipolar. Oh, yo. So, yeah, I threw a piece of when I was 12. Right? I um, mean, since we're, like, on the topic already, we might as well tell all our lovely viewers the story of, like, when we did, like, one of the stupidest things. It was Rachel. Okay, we met at Rachel's bar, bat mitzvah, and then her sister, Renee, had one two years later. So it was kind of like an anniversary. So we were like, yeah, we got to do something fucking stupid. So, like, we were grabbing fruits from the party, and we were going to a parking lot, and we were throwing the fruits against the wall. And I think we wasted, like, $500 of worth of fruits. Like, we were throwing watermelons and shit and pineapples.
You guys were every MC's worst nightmare. It's just, it was so bad. Those guys, when I'm worth those kids, I'm like, oh, these freaking kids. But then at the end of the day, I go, just being kids. They're being kids. Yeah. 13-year-olds. Like, I'm not going to. But that is, that is like, I feel the 13-year-old stage is like the most, like, Menacing, like evil stage of your life because like, you it's, just, it's like look, look, because like maybe so it's mean in New York City or whatever. Because like after like the SHSAT and you're about to go into high school and you're still young to the point where like you don't really have a consequence, you just go crazy. When like in high yeah. school, there's more of a consequence because obviously you're older and this, this, that. So obviously and when you're 13, your balls just drop. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you're trying to get it in. You're like, yo, how can I? How can I impress this girl? You know, and you go crazy. Your balls just drop. So you are ready to go. You need to take out this energy. This that new was energy. The, yeah, that's when the testosterone first. Fuck a pineapple at the freaking wall. Because... <laughs> Fucking watermelons, everything. Probably it was like 200 fruits by the end of the night. Yeah. But we painted. That we was the painted. First night. We changed the color of the parking lot. That wall changed color. Ben's Ben's balls dropped that morning. He had. Shout out to Max's brother and my brother. These two. Gabe's the older brother, and then Sean's older brother is Max. It was mostly me and Sean throwing the fruits because we were the menaces. And the older brothers ended up taking the blame. For yeah, it. yeah, Max. So we, we both oh, took the Max. full blame. Wow, why? I don't know, because it was like either we both get fucked or one of us get fucked. And then like, I don't know. We just chose to take it. We you still owe me, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Damn. That's funny. We 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 were menaces. We we were menaces. We were very big. Yeah, but now we are respectable, mature, and less of a menace. 75% of the time. 75% of the That's time. good. You need that. You're always going to need that. You're always going to need no. that. I don't know how old you are. But going back to what you said about, you know, growing up an adult, I feel like being an adult is like, it's it's, like, it's just like, it's like more like, it's more like society putting that, you know, like label on you because it's like, oh, adults are more proper, blah, 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 blah. But like. There are you calling like the fucking billionaires or millionaires that are taking making shitload of money wherever these celebrities that act like a child, not adults? Like I'm not saying the ones that are like that are irresponsibly like irresponsibly spending their money. Like the ones that are like already like up there made it and they're acting like kind of childish. Are they not adults? Because like the the way like I kind of see it is like they only say that because. You know, it's the job environment, the typical office job environment for you to get a job. So tell you, oh, you got to be serious. You can't, you know, be like this all the time. And, you know, oh, you have to make money, blah, blah, blah. But after you're making money and you're stable income, if you're acting like that, they can't really say anything, you know. So, you it's, know. It's, it's like celebrities. And, and it's like celebrities. It's like, well, once they've got there, if anything, they're kind of like, you can't tell me what to do. When you're your, when you're your own boss. The, the the limits are endless. Well, right? There are a no celebrity, limits. depending, you usually have a label or something. If you're a musician, <laughs> label. So true. Depending like, on at, how high class you are, then like yeah. Look at look at uh my like like oh, no, not, that's not a good example. Um, I'm trying to think like comedians for example. They're their own okay. boss. Comedians, right? Artists yeah. or any type of entrepreneur, they don't follow a time schedule. They don't follow, and in, in that regard, they can be. You guys know Grant Cardone. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. Grant Cardone, he's an entrepreneur. He talks about. He said, like, he said, um, he said, people are so kind, and adults too, specifically. We're so constantly obsessed with limits and what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Uh, Whereas, in fact, sometimes when people are telling you not to do something, that's more of a signal indicative of you having to make that decision and take action and do that. Um, And what I mean by that is like uh, being an entrepreneur. So having attention on you i've had so many people tell me and it kind of it stifled me for a while uh stop stop this isn't about you and it makes you feel so guilty and shameful and you start really like thinking about that um where where he kind of says dude where attention goes where attention goes money flows or energy flows meaning the more attention you bring on yourself mm-hmm. uh it's actually going to make you more memorable and it's going to whether it's income that you want to achieve whether it's money whether it's just uh likability or anything like that that's what you're gonna have to do you're gonna have to sacrifice your uh you know reputation which is being liked by everybody and you're gonna have to sacrifice that in order to you know gain that polarizing stature 
Uh, so, so Miley Cyrus is a perfect example. Dude, she went off the freaking rails after Hannah Montana. Well, guess what? She became more famous than she ever was after doing that. Yeah. Show. Yeah, not, now, not anymore, but like back then. Yeah, she now, was now, now she can. Now she Same thing with like Selena people. Gomez, you know, all those like Disney, you know, people. They yeah. went crazy. But, like, you know, that, that, that's the thing. Um, wait, my, my mind just blanked out for a second. My bad. But, um, we would deal whatever people in the industry, right? Like, it's so easy to just get up there now, I guess, nowadays, right? Like, I know it's somewhat unrelated, you know, to like acting like an adult, but it's like, I feel like people in the industry, most of them, they kind of act childish because they go from zero to hero in overnight or over a week, you know, and then they have all this money, don't know how to do with it, and they end up like plummeting down constantly. Okay, true. And I think the problem with that is financial literacy. Oh, okay. Yeah. So people not knowing, understanding finances and how to manage their money. Um, and that's a huge thing. Yes. With celebrities, athletes, things like that, they'll make a shit ton of money in the beginning. And then after that, they have nothing for retirement or afterwards because they didn't know they were never taught how to handle money and how to properly handle it. Um, the one thing I'll disagree with though, is that um, is, is you said, uh, oh, hold on. You said the beginning about, Oh, it's easy to go from zero to hero. I think that those overnight successes, I think that's a myth. I think they're not overnight successes. Yes, overnight they became noticed, but they were constantly working at that. No, I'm, uh, I'm not, and no, I'm not they, talking about, I'm talking more about like, you know how like, you know, 15 minutes of fame, like that, that, that kind of stuff, you know, like we hear about stories like that all the time, you know, or like, like you know, like SoundCloud rappers, you know, like people who just, you know, get viral off, you know, one video. Yeah, but I think it's because that video finally clicked, but they were making videos beforehand. Like I've never, I personally have never heard about someone making viral videos or a viral, like, or, or and it was like their first one ever. Oh, I think they, they were constantly getting there was, videos. There was one. I know a few. I think Billie yeah. Eilish was one. Her first song, Ocean Eyes, blew up. Yeah. Really? People like sanctioned industry player or something. I don't, but, I don't but I mean, like, pe- people can get a big break from like one attempt, but that's like, so rare it's almost impossible like impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah i feel like i feel like i feel like they had to take so many attempts like they had to make attempts every Usually, single yeah. day and then people say oh they're overnight successes i'm like no they're not they've they've just been misfiring this whole time but this video finally clicked but again you sean you brought up a point that i didn't even know about i didn't know that billy eilish is but here's my here's my defense that or my argument against the counter just kind of a, more of a question was she producing? Do you know if she was producing content beforehand? She wasn't producing content, but like obviously her brother was like songwriter. And then I'm, it's, I'm pretty Phineas. sure the story was like, yeah, Phineas, right? He wrote something, right? And she like sung it. And then, you know, they're like, oh, you know, that was something like the producer or whatever, or whoever was there or like whatever the record label was like, oh, that's really good. You know, and they wanted her to like whatever record, upload it, and she did it, and it, and it blew up. It got like a bunch of views in such a short time. You know, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure don't like don't like based on yeah. that. No, 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 no. Sure. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure that's how it happened. You know, but I just like- buy more. I just I just buy more into the belief about like like, yo, they 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 earn that. They no. earn that overnight. No, no, no. She video. did. She, they were like around music their whole life. It's not like she just magically grabbed the microphone and she was like magical right there you know it was yeah. obviously you know but i know like you know there's like russ you know where his like story is like crazy he like so many like different albums and projects and singles until he finally got it up there but now that he's there you know he's making he's he's making it you know the big money big money dude freaking grant cardone only became really successful in like, real estate and becoming like a billionaire owning like 1.3 billion dollars in real estate when he was like 45, 55, like yeah. that kind of does give you hope in a sense of, Hey, if I yeah. want to get a big, I got to work now. Here's yeah, the other thing yeah. too. I got to yeah. work now. I'm sacrificing personally me for this MCing stuff. I'm sacrificing oh, yeah. my social life, my dating life, a lot of family life um, because I'm working nine to five. And then I'm putting that money that I make into my investing into my career. And I'm not going out as much, uh, not because I don't want to, I really want to. But if I'm really going to be serious about this, and if I want to be the best in the industry, that's in any industry you're doing, any profession yeah. you're doing, you are going to have to say no to people and lose people as friends, as family, as close family. Of course, you can't lose your family, but you can oh, yeah. 
distance yourself. Uh, and it sucks. It's terrible. But what's more important to you? And people have this different philosophy on life. Everybody, some people say, hey, I want to balance. Um, in my opinion, and someone please raise your hand and prove me wrong. But in my opinion, I don't think balance will actually make you successful. I think it'll make you happy and it'll make you moderate and it'll make you like, okay, good. But I think people, those people who are obsessed, like that Kobe Bryant mentality, that mama mentality mm-hmm. of just be, what you ever, you ever see the video of Chris Bosch, uh, the Chris Bosch video where he talks about Kobe Bryant. He says, here yeah, I am yeah. thinking, here I am thinking I'm waking up 5 a.m. I'm, I'm, I'm up before everyone and Kobe's sweating. He just finished his first workout. He, this guy woke up at 3 a.m. to start working out. I'm like, I've never seen that in anybody. He sacrificed a common way of living. Mm-hmm. And I think that's people, you know, I think that's the way that's what uh, is has to be enforced and, and taught to people that if you really want to be good at this, you can't be going out to the club once in a while. Yes. To let off some steam. I'm not someone to say I will never go to a club ever again, but yeah. it's not in my best interest. If I'm going to be spending money and give it to someone else, I'd rather give it to put into something that's going to make me better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like balance is good, but at a time, I think when you're really pursuing something, it should be all in. But like after you think you've had a good amount of success, then you start balancing out a little bit, you know, finding that time for family as well. Because I feel like yeah. there's a time that there is. I agree with you. Not a time place for everything, but like for certain, like where to share your time, you know, like there are times, you know, where I have, you know, a lot of time put on the podcast, you know, other stuff I've going going on and I spend less time with my family, you know, relationships. Mm-hmm. And there are times where I put more time with the relationships and family because I realize, you know, I haven't done that in a while. You know, I have taken a break from the other stuff. You know, like on my podcast when I'm break between the seasons and I put more time there, you know, and I shift and I balance it out to, you know, when I need to, you know, so there's a time and place for all of that, you know. Uh- that also, I think, shows like a good point of like, do what you think is best for yourself and do what you want. Like, like if you think that, uh, whatever, like, let's say like, like Pat, like if somebody, you wanted to be an MC, right? And people were laughing at you like, oh, why would you want to do that? Why would you like, what kind of job is that? That's like, you should take that as motivation to yourself and say like, you know, that's what I want to do. I don't care what these people say. I'm doing what's best for myself. I'm doing what's making me happy. Same thing in like relationships. There's always going to be like, like, um, <clears throat> whatever the par- your parents or your girlfriend's parents don't like you. Right. You ask for their hand in marriage. They say no. And then like, you know, the girlfriend could either, or you, if it's in that case, if my parents don't like my girlfriend. You could either like, you know, stay with your parents or do what makes you happy and go off with that girl and you'll marry that girl. I think like people knowing to to be able to know what to do for themselves and what makes them happy, that like makes you. That, I think that's what everyone should do. Yeah, just do what makes you happy, no matter what. Don't let people put you down. I think everybody has their own definition of success, and that's fine, and that's actually how it should be because it's not. In, and unless I'm coaching you, it's not in my interest, and it's none of my business of how to tell you how to live your life. Benji, if you were to tell me right now, dude. I'm not trying to become the freaking best because I know the time. Or if you were to say, Gabe, if you were to say, dude, I'm not trying to become the freaking best doctor in the world, Gabe. I'm, are you, you're not interested in being a doctor, right? What are you, engineer? No, I am, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that's crazy. <laughs> All right. So say you're example, like, yo, I want to be a doctor, but yeah. I also want to have a family. And that's very important to me, right? And uh, if I'm not, I'm not trying to be the best freaking neurosurgeon out there. But that's I, actually what I want to do. <laughs> You read my- <laughs> Yo, Pat, where are you getting this information Yo, from? You are you not telling us something? You <laughs> Yo, Pat, I, did you like background research? You know, like, <laughs> what's going on? What the? That's crazy. Wait, wait, Pat, wait, Pat. What is Gabriel's social security number? I don't want to release that. I know it. I know it. I just don't want to release it. What does Sean want to do when he grows up? There's some what? What does Sean want to do? When finance, Sean? You want to do finance? Oh, like when it comes to like education, um, actuary, actuary. So it is oh, kind of actuary. finance. I like how you said education. I like that. Yeah, Sean, you give me finance vibes. Gabriel, you give me doctor vibes. Ben, you do not give me doctor vibes. No, <laughs> I, would not trust vibes. You. I would not trust you working on my freaking brain, dude. <laughs> Yo, it's like during a surgery, but it's like... No, but like, yo, look at this. Uh, <laughs> he's like, like he cuts another artery or something. If I poke this heart, what would be funny? Like, oh, oh, like, look, let me move his right arm by touching this part of his brain. Boop. And like, we put on TikTok. We were like, what is wrong with this guy? 
Yeah, I, I would not want you. No, I, I, you'd be honestly, Benji, you'd be a sick teacher. Kids would love you, and you'd actually really, they would, they would really respect you uh, because you have a very human way about communicating with people. And it's often, again, same thing as like people make fun of it. Oh, you want to be just a teacher? You're selling yourself short. Dude, you are not selling yourself short. Yes, monetarily speaking, financially speaking, maybe. Unfortunately, it depends. It depends. because I feel teachers should be getting paid more. Yeah, true. Depends. Depends. If you're in Catholic yeah. or private school. Okay, yeah, so you're in, my, paid. in my school, I don't think a single teacher makes below 90K. I'm not like, I obviously everyone shoots yeah. for the moon, but like in my, in no, my, te- in my school. fucking gym teacher. In our, I, I used to go to Sean's high school, make 110k, bro. Dude, no! Oh, I've it's, never heard of that before. That is crazy. Bro, teachers the, make a lot the of money. The longer, 400k. The, the, the longer you stay at a school, like the yeah. chem teacher, like if, for example, you're, you're, you're an AP chem teacher, and you stay there for like 10 years, you're, well, after five years, you're insured the job. You can't lose unless like you do like some serious crime. Right, you get yeah. the job. Plus, you make a lot of more, much more each year. Plus, you got all the breaks, right? Plus, all the days off, and um, also if they teach like a, a sports team, you get more money and more money. And then obviously, if you want more competitions, more funding and more funding. So it's like if you're a teacher, there's a good amount of ways to actually get more up there in terms of paycheck if you just like look for other stuff you know like clubs sports teams you know teaching you know different subjects like you can really get out there and make if you really try and you know you have the years like 200 250k you know like 50, plus that 50, pension 50. plus the summer off mm-hmm. you just gotta deal with the, the more than the summer off as well you get like different like random breaks throughout the year you know like week yeah. breaks or whatever so it's like really you know, like the only jobs are gonna get breaks like that Benji, what, what do you want to do though what do you want to do with or do you not know well, like, that's what I said. Like, you said that I'm, like, really good at talking. Like, I could be, like, myself. Gotta... That's what I want to – I said I would be, like, I want to be a lawyer. Like, you know, I know how to talk. I know how to, like I, – I, I'm very, like – ask Gabe. I never give up in any conversation. Even when it's against my dad and I know that I'm going to get in trouble if I say some stuff, mm-hmm. if I want to get a point, he knows that I never know when to shut up. Right, Gabe? Like, literally yeah, – no, no, no. I'm super persistent. I'm very persistent. If I want to get something out, I'm going to keep on saying it. I don't care. That's why everyone says, like, there was, like, whatever, incidents in, like, uh, PA where my friend William's mom, he did something stupid. He didn't want to let her, him go to, like, uh, Pennsylvania. I mean, to Camelback, which is Max's birthday. He did something. I, I don't even remember what it was. But, like, I like I sat down with his mom, and I was, like, I was convincing her. I was continuing, continuing, continuing. I had some good key things. I was like, you know, let him go. Like, you know, this is the boys' party. Doesn't let this, this doesn't happen often. I'll watch it, and then she was like, at the end, she literally said, she's like, I see that lawyer in him. He's very good at this. He has to do it. And then I see it in myself too. But then at the same time, I'm lazy. That's the thing. And I know that there's so much to do to become a lawyer. You gotta take that test and everything. You gotta study. It's like eight years or whatever. It's almost like becoming a doctor. Well, I think becoming a doctor might be a little bit harder. Like, I know that it's, like, hard. And, like, you know, I, I, but I think I could do it. I think I could do it. I think I'll see myself as a good lawyer. But first, I got to do the hard part, which is studying, passing that bar exam, and doing everything. What's going to make it easier for you? What's going to make it easier for you, too, is answering your why. Why do you want to become a lawyer, right? And 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 it's you won't know now probably because maybe – I don't maybe you do. But, like, I realized – I realized I, my initial thoughts about being an MC was I was so superficial – it's the fakest thing because you're an event host. You're like, good evening, everyone. Welcome. You're so professional and proper and prim. And like, it's so not like being organic and like a comedian, for example, complete opposite of an event host. Well, not the complete opposite, but close to it in terms of, you know, comedians are dirty. They got dirty, vulgar language. They say messed up things. You don't can't say messed up thing in a freaking mitzvah, dude. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. the, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes, sometimes I have that part of me that I like to be a little bit more like DV. Like I like that dark humor. So there's another side of me, but um, as long as you answer your why and becoming what you want to become, it's going to be so much easier for you, you know? Well, just because, like, you know, I like to talk and, like, I just like to, I like to argue. I love, I love to, like, and that's, like, I want to fight for people. I don't want to be, like, no traffic lawyer or something like that, oh, fighting for this parking <laughs> ticket. I want to be a criminal lawyer. I want to put people away or keep people out of prison. Yeah, true. I want, I want that to be my job. That's. I want to be like if I know that there's someone like I know. Um, I I, can't, I won't get too much into it, but like, in a lawyer, in like being a lawyer, there's a what is it called? It's not called clauses. It's called 
Okay, I'm just going to call it clause. I don't know the exact word. Rebuttal or whatever. No, there's rules of being a lawyer. There's like 10 rules. There's like a rule like, oh, no matter what the ethnicity of the client, you have to like, um, or their views, you have to treat them the same, fight for them just like you would for someone with the same views. One of the top key rules is that if you're sitting down with your client, right? If I'm really like, let's say I sit down with a guy that allegedly shot and killed somebody, right? I'm trying to prove him innocent, right? If I'm having a conversation with him, I, uh, and he tells me, he's like, hey, hey man, you know, I'm going to pay you a lot of money because, you know, I shot this guy. I shot him, right? I'm telling you that right now. I, as a lawyer with this clause, have the choice to either be the police of the court and say, like, you know, no, he just told me that this guy, you know, he, he did it. He just, he, he, confessed. Did, he just confessed. I could say that. Or I, I could still fight for him. I have to take all that because that's the job. That's like, there's some ways that would do that. Some would, would not. I would think that in my case, I would be the police of the court if I find out that someone did it. Because I think, like, you know, killing someone is not morally right. No matter yeah, how much yeah. money someone pays me. But like, one of the rules is that if someone tells you, everything has to be state kept confidential. Oh. And if you do, if you do fight for them and they get them to be innocent, and then later on, there's a f- video footage of, like, us talking in the office saying, like, you know, I killed that guy. And I was like, oh, that's very nice. I, as a lawyer, am not going to get in trouble for that. Because I have that, I have that clause to be, keep that confidential. Thank you guys for watching this episode all the way to the end. You know, the first episode of the fourth season. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Ben, for both of you coming on here. Thank you, Gabriel, for showing up. You know, the co-host, you know. Thank you, everyone watching. You know, make sure to like and share this episode with your mom, your dad, your grandparents, the MC you find at your bar mitzvah, everyone. And if you see Pat, tell him Slow Dream sent you. Slow Dream sent you. If you see Pat at a party, you know. Other than that, guys, I want you guys to have a great day, great night. Wherever you guys are watching, I hope you have an amazing day. I hope everything stays good for you. And peace. Peace, guys. Thank you.